Welcome to the Fatty Z Musky Podcast. I'm Andy. Joined on the phone, I have Todd. Hi, Todd. I'm here. Shoot him in the leg, boys. Yep. And uh, you guys are going to notice that this is a day early. There's a whole bunch of backstory to why that is. But because I made it a day early, it put Vance out. Um, so it's just going to be Todd and I tonight. And um, so with that... Um, this show is brought to you by Fat AZ Muskie Products. FatAZMuskie.com is the website. So some weird stuff happened. I wouldn't say weird. It kind of comes in ebbs and flows kind of deal. You know, we were steady with, with orders and stuff like that, primarily uh, rod holders. And then all of a sudden this past week to 10 days just got hit with a ton of boat setups that uh, wiped out the slanted rod holders uh, inventory. Uh, have no fear if you're listening to this halfway, you know, quickly. Um, I'm trying to think here. What is, this is Wednesday, June 22nd. So uh, not everyone listens to them as soon as they come out. But the, uh, I'm hoping Friday or early next week, I'm going to be up and running. They are, uh, we are making those right now uh, at the shop, the slanted bases. But everything else is in stock as far as I know. Um so that's kind of the story there with rod holders. So if you have any questions about a boat setup, feel free to reach out and ask questions. And I've been answering a lot of questions and phone calls about rod holders lately. Uh, baits. If you're looking for some baits, check out Team Rhino Outdoors or Muskie Tackle Online. And um, they should have inventory. I think that it's kind of getting lower just from what I'm kind of understanding. But... I know that I should probably update the website. The uh, I know I've been saying that. We've been we've been talking about that. Andy. We've we've been talking about that, but there's also there's been there's been like one or two players that have been on the bubble toiling with buying this inventory that that is left here. But if you're looking for a standard color eight inch Raptor, this is important. Eight inch Raptor, not the eight inch soft tail, not the six inch Raptor, just the eight. I have some available. And like I said, I hate to just take the couple hours, take the photos, put everything up on the site, and then yeah. have one of these people like, hey, by the way, I'm going to take it all. I'm like, oh, geez. Okay, so that that was that night gone. And um, yeah. we do have some six-inch swimmers left, though those have gone down considerably fast as you know some of the other people uh, have been putting a hurt to them. Um, so if you're interested, just reach out through any of the uh, social media or through the website. I can kind of fill you in with that as these are trickling out because it's, it's inventory is getting to the point to where it's like, okay, do we, we talked about these other players that might be taking these for their stores, but then it's also, we don't have all that much. Is it even worth putting it on the website or just kind of keep it, keep it under our hats and we use it for next year? I don't know, but we're going to see how it plays out. But anyways, that's kind of the story there with the baits and, um, Hogan's Hut has some up here in New York. They got still a lot, you know, a lot. They placed a big order. You can get that. You can get them done at O'Donnell Sports Shop down in Portersville near State Park. Yeah, and, and uh, uh, O'Donnell's and Hogan's Hut recently got some of the new swimmers, the six-inch swimmers, yeah. and really nice packaging. Yep. Yep. So. Figured out. So now. We're, We'll get into Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishandguides.com. Check out our website and get a hold of us if you're looking to fish here in uh, 
New York for the summer. I still got some open days. I got a few days in July, August, September, throughout the fall. Uh, got some options for you here in Pennsylvania too, with another friend of mine. And uh, we will uh, do our best to get you out there and get you on some fish. You'll be fishing using St. Croix rods. St. Croix makes rods for everything you can think of. Uh, we use all the St. Croix rods on our boats, fishing out of range, Ranger boats, thanks to Vicks Marine and Ranger Sports Center, or Vicks Sports Center, Ranger Marine, <laughs> for, for uh, you know sponsoring the podcast and getting us involved. I'll be heading to Vicks in the morning, little oil change, little getting ready for the season. Uh, it is the season, though. Oh, yeah, we're in the season. But we'll talk more about your trip to Vix. So yeah, yeah, yep. And then let's talk a little bit about Aqua Traction. What do you think, Andy? Uh I like mine. It's uh, it's a little dusty right now. I can tell you that. I stepped down in it. I can kind of tell where my foot's hit. But I I'm, <laughs> I might get it wet here in a couple of days. But we'll find. We'll see if that Oops. actually comes Oops. to it. But uh, have you been liking yours? Oh yeah, and I got some blood, and I got a lot of musky poop on there, and uh, it, it's cleaned up pretty nicely. We'll see how it lasts for a few seasons. I like to put things to the test. I'm not the guy that gets it for a couple months and says, "Let's go." Uh, that but that so is far, something that I, I I feel this would be a great time to talk about. Yeah, because there there has been. Um, I'm just going to use generic terms here, okay? So just so mm-hmm. I'm not throwing anybody under the bus. Not that I have anyone in particular. But as as one could imagine, I, I'm going to say this. So in the last year or so, it has subsided quite a bit. But I'm going to say two to five, six, seven years ago, there was a lot. Social media was banging back then. Like mm-hmm. everyone seemed to be on it. It seemed in the last couple of years, it has cooled off considerably. And, uh-huh. and part of that is I... I have also taken steps to eliminate drama in my life. And some of that means unjoining or unfollowing a lot of musky groups. But yeah. when it was like really firing on all cylinders, uh-huh. it was often that we would get requests from people that I've never heard of, never knew, whatever. And you kind of have to creep on their page, but they'd come out and ask to be sponsored. And they're like, Hey, we want to be pro staff or sponsored or whatever. And, you know, I've in particular, yeah. there was things that were said, like, I am the most popular fisherman in this state. And yeah. I'm, well, yeah. OK, I haven't heard of you. I kind of look yeah. at your stuff and and we kind of have this this like I'm going to say framework that we will present to them. And um, needless to say, no one except one person has actually kind of followed it. And yeah. um because it involves a lot of work, but what it comes down to is they're like, well, we'll promote you this and that. It's, they kind of want to feel like they're, Hey, I got another patch on my, on my vest or, or whatever. And Uh I'm like, and they're like, okay, well, so one of the things is, is like, listen, before we do this, we got to forge a relationship. And in this relationship, we're not just going to give you stuff. We're going to, because when when someone asks you for something, say you have a business and like, hey, I would really like to promote your stuff. Can you give me some things? Well, okay, hold on. You're not, if you have to actually buy it with your own money, you're going to, there's a different level of value that 
item has as compared to someone just showing it up in the mail. Because uh-huh. that, then what are you going to do? You're like, I'm going to go out and do this, whatever. I didn't go fishing this weekend, blah, blah, blah. Next next thing you know, it's a couple months later and everything's water under the bridge. And then you see it up for sale in some, you know, musky forum or something like that or what have you. And you're like, well, what was this all about? Well, I just, it never happened and they never talked to you again. And so if you actually have to buy it, it kind of really separates the men from the boys when it, when it comes to, uh, you know, product and trying to develop a uh, promotional relationship. And, you know, you also have to say, well, what are you going to say about this? If, if, if you had a couple baits show up in your, in your mailbox, what are you going to say about it? You, you haven't uh-huh. even tried it. What happens if, what happens if what you're asking for is complete garbage and you have garbage and you're like, well, I'm on the hook for this stuff. So it's kind of better to, you know, run with it a bit and uh-huh. be like, Hey, yeah, I bought this. I think this is good and what have you. And, um, that, that's a really good way to, to forge a relationship in uh, promoting stuff. So that's kind of like the little spiel there that I was talking with Todd, how he says he'd like to give it a, a long-term test. Yeah. So absolutely. Anyways, aqua traction. So if you're looking to upgrade your boat flooring, you know, it might be it might be time, you know, that carpet's wore out, got some holes in it, it's kind of flat, you know, maybe the glue isn't sticking so well. Um, you know, vinyl kind of slippy when it gets wet, you know, you're you're tired of, you know, having to walk around on eggshells so to speak about, you know, not cracking your melon open. Um, definitely give aqua traction a look. Uh, I've noticed an increase in grip when things are wet, you know, as compared to Vance had some vinyl floored boats and, and they, they got a little slippy and, um, you know, so it holds a lot of advantages over this traditional flooring that everyone's accustomed to, uh, great styling, a lot of color options. You can make this your own check out aqua traction on social media. I know they're very active on Instagram. Uh, our local dealer is AMF Marine. You can contact them. The email is Nick, N-I-C-K, at amfmarine.com. Um, so if you're kind of in the western Pennsylvania, eastern Ohio, maybe even reach a little bit further, uh, be sure to reach out to them. Uh, you're dealing here with a 100% closed-cell polyethylene foam. It's stain-resistant. It cleans up real nice. Um, it performs very well. So, uh, by all means, give it a good shake and, uh, you know, check out, see what, see what they have to offer. All right. So Todd, you're going to VIX. You, I assume you got the break-in and all that stuff done on your boat. Oh yeah. I'm probably a little bit beyond the break-in time period on the motors, but yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go over. We're going to, uh, change those oils out in the, uh, Big motor, little motor, and uh, change a prop. A couple little things with the boat that I want to talk to them about, but all good so far. I'm getting high speeds. I think I can get a little better performance when we get this prop change. Okay, so I'm I'm kind of a little bit privy to this information, but mm-hmm. so basically, and, and we're not going to get into the numbers quite yet. So you went from a 150 to on your, on the old 1880 and now you have the 200. Yeah. The, 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 my last one was the 150, just the regular four stroke engine. I don't even think they do it anymore. It's like a 150 pro XS. 
Uh, yeah, they, they were doing one of like a Pro XS and then a regular 150. I'm mm-hmm. not, I can't verify. I haven't even looked at motors in like a while, but they may have gotten rid of just the regular and they're running yeah, the name Pro XS or something. Yep. I don't think it was an option when I got this boat, but I got the 200. Yeah. Okay. And it's, it's the 200 that sounds like an old muscle car when you start it. Oh yeah. Everybody gets in the boat and you fire it up and people are like, wow, are we going dirt track racing or what? (laughs) Tell me it's kind of cool. That is, it it is cool. And I'm not into that kind of stuff, but it's cool when it, I mean, you got to start the boat anyway, but you you almost, I, I would think that you're like, I know people get a kick out of this. I'm not going to start this boat until they climb in. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody around the dock and everybody around is like, wow. And I, I've had jump people jump in the boat. It's like, wow, I used to have a 250 on whatever boat they had. But it didn't sound like that, you know. <laughs> I've got those comments. So it, it is neat hearing that bark. Vance has talked about that bark for a few years now. But, it, it, yeah. It is, yeah, it's something. I mean, I, I still like my, my, my smoker engine. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I know that I had another friend that had that 200. And I'm like, oh. That sounds really nice when it starts up. And you know they did that on purpose. Oh, they had to. I mean, there's no reason for it to do that. <laughs> there's no reason. But the, the, the mm. cool factor, and it really doesn't cost you anything to mm. to have it do it. But, like, mine, it sounds really good when I'm cranking it for about three to five seconds. And then it starts and shakes and pops and, like, a cylinder misses. So it's like, you know that sound, Todd? and. Finally, oh, yeah. the two-stroke, oh. all the cylinders catch, and then it's like... <laughs> Some smoke out of the back, yeah. Yep. You don't see that a lot anymore. I don't get that smell, you know. Reminds me of when I was a kid. Uh, you know, th- those old oil engines, and uh, I don't, you don't smell it that often anymore. They're, they're fading away. <laughs> they are, and like, for a long time... I was always toying, even with the old 681 that I had. Do I put a Do I put a new four stroke on it because of just how quiet and smooth they run? Yeah. And I have, especially in like the last couple of years, especially with the, the supply chain issues and stuff, I just pretty much like you know what? Nope. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to do it. I, yeah. I'm not even going to. This things are getting out of control. I don't use it that much right now. When mm-hmm. this motor decides to go, then it's going to obviously. You know, I have a choice to make. Do I try to revive the motor, replace it with some used thing, probably from Florida, or just bolt something new and nice on it? And I'll yeah. cross that bridge when I get there. But yep, it's it's one of it's like, yeah, this thing's 150 pounds lighter than the than the next motor. Is yep. that how is that going to mess with my boat and how it sits? <laughs> yeah. But so, anyways. You, you you get you leave the dock and we're talking we're prop talking now, mm-hmm. and uh, you, you kind of for a while now have been alluding. You think that you're under propped, but mm-hmm. when you smash that throttle, it probably just just sets you right back in the seat. Oh, it does do that absolutely. Yes, that's fun too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun too, but you were uh, you were experiencing a lot of higher RPMs than what what you should have, correct? Yeah, and I, I, you know, I talked to Vic, and he's like, "You, 
can't over rev that engine. Uh, go ahead, that meter's probably off. And I was like, okay. The tachometer, yep. Yeah, so a couple times, you know, I did. I put it down and I was going and I would trim it up. And I was like, I got a lot more trim here. And uh, hitting some high, uh, hitting, hitting some high RPMs, we'll put it that way. <laughs> to the point where I was like, not comfortable doing this. I don't know if this RPM meter's off or not. Your, your internal compass said that even though I feel like I'm going to be okay, I was reassured I'm going to be okay, I'm yeah. not going to push it because this thing's still brand new. Yeah, yeah I'm not going to do it. It's brand new. I don't, don't want to mess something up. And uh, had a small discussion with Andy. He did a little more homework. I did some homework looking on the computer and both came up with the same thing that uh, I think maybe I need a different prop. Mm-hmm. And I'm a prop guy. You you and Vance have been playing with props on every boat that he gets. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yes, in talking to Vic the other day, uh, he's like, what prop's on there? I said, well, I'm looking at it right now. Here it is. And he's like, "How's that? why is that on there? I said, I didn't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I bet I've been asking you that now for a month. <laughs> yeah, I just told you what, here it is. And he's like, man, that, that, that's not the right prop. I was like, okay. So I've been babying it, not babying, but, uh, haven't been bearing the throttle more or less. No, no, no. What did he say? No. What should be on there? Yeah, exactly. What we, what I, found when i looked on the computer and the same as you found it was like oh is it a is it a four no it's a three it's the same one i had on the 150 he's like that's not the right prop you could maybe get away with the four or you want to go to the next pitch so he's going to bump you up to uh 19 pitch three blade yeah probably a 19 three blade okay yeah which is what we found looking online that's kind of like 19 or 21 is kind of where i was thinking you should have been or like i was saying you know add another blade you might be able to be okay with that 17 pitch but you'd probably be okay with a 19 pitch four blade as well yeah yeah Uh, and that's he thought maybe if i had a 17 four blade that was okay but uh yeah it doesn't you know i noticed when i got some people in there i mean i gotta we'll see we'll see tomorrow we're gonna get it and then We'll start running the new new prop, but uh, it's going to be a whole different feel. Like it's it's going to be probably very surprising how the boat feels through the steering wheel and your throttle. Mm -hmm. The -hmm. boat's going to ride the same, but it's I've I've played it around with enough props that even just changing the material, you're like, oh my gosh, this feels like a different boat. Yeah. Um, it's really the only thing that pushes your boat forward and how it reacts with the water and stuff like that. It's, sure. it's, uh, it's, it's really neat. So this, I'm, I'm interested to see how, um, that kind of changes. And, you know, I'm also, you know, a little bit, um, a lot of boaters because there's, a, there's still some forums that are halfway active that I, I check on, you know, every couple weeks or something. I am shocked at just how, Okay, you're not born knowing this knowledge, but there's a lot of illiteracy when it comes to boat props. And not that you have to be a wizard at this, but anymore, everyone has Google at the side of their hip. 
And in a couple minutes, you can figure out that there is no stock prop. And that's something that comes up like, oh, what's the stock prop on this boat with this motor? And they're like, there is none. Like, what do you, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. what are you, yeah. what are you doing? Oh, I just, I, you know, I want to go the absolute fastest. Well, you gave us nothing. <laughs> like it's. Oh yeah. And I've seen, I mean, when, when those brand new rigs show up over there at Vex, there is no prop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, those boats. I mean, that's, I guess they got to, you know, I mean, that the, the motor that I have can go on many different boats and depending on what boat you want to use, what, whatever prop and, uh, they come without a prop. Yeah. Some of those weed cutter boats. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm trying to remember last time I was at Chautauqua, when I saw them going, I think they had like, like a 50 on each side. Like I, so these weed cutter props are kind of like a pontoon boat almost, but they're not. They, yeah. They, they've got like kind of flotation type hauls on the, on the way outsides. And there's like a conveyor belt chain that just kind of mm-hmm. collects the, the, the weeds as it cuts it in front of it. So it's, it's like a lawnmower. It's cutting the weeds. They kind of float up. They hit this conveyor. The conveyor goes, takes it like on an, like an escalator and then dumps it in like a hopper type thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they'll have a motor on each side. Well, let's just, let's just pretend that they're 90 horse motors. That 90 mm-hmm. horse can go on a bass boat and do 45 miles an hour. Yeah. It's not going to have the same prop as if it has two of them on a weed cutter boat because that thing's going to go 20. <laughs> yeah. That's with both of them hammered down. Mm-hmm. So they're going to go to a, like a multiple, you know, a higher blade count, you know, a four, maybe a five blade and, a really low pitch because it just needs the grip. And, uh, yeah, so it, it can do a whole bunch of different things. I, I remember, I don't know if Mercury still does it. They had, like, a commercial motor. And I'm going to get the numbers wrong, but it was, like, a 150 motor that they rated for, like, a 115 just mm-hmm. for longevity. Like, it was, like, a 150 detuned to, like, a 115 horse because really what they're just looking for is this thing cannot fail. Yeah. That yeah. 150 might be able to produce 250 horsepower if you take it to the limit, but it's not going to last that long. Yeah. You detune it, you know, 30%. Hey, guess what? It's never going to break. Yeah, you're going to have this for forever. Yeah. And and if you're out in a commercial application or like having, you know, like a rescue boat or something, that could be a real advantage to be like, yeah, this might not be the fastest, but it's always going to run. Well, and that's what I look at doing charters. I just need this thing to run. I don't care if I can do 52 or 48 or 45, you know, mm-hmm. it's like I, I drive somewhere in the morning and, uh, I mean, some mornings you hardly even fire the thing up. Uh, I just want, I need it to last. <laughs> right. On bass tournaments here. And, uh, one of the best ways to make your motor last is the correct propeller, believe it or not. It, it is, yeah, it is really important. So if anyone out there listening, so that's kind of like my, my PSA. If you feel like there's something off when it comes to your boat pitch on your prop, take the time to investigate it a little bit. You know, try to find someone local that might know what they're talking about. There's a lot of people that actually have props in and around your area. Like, like in the case of, you know, I think Vance still has a couple props that like if you guys were... And I don't know, like he, he might have a bigger gear case than you, but 
they're around. You might be able to like, hey, I'm gonna swap this thing out and then just see what happens. But uh, it's it's worth it because it could la- make your motor last longer. You could get better fuel mileage, and you can have props to go for top speed. You can have props for cruising economy. So I mean, you can kind of fine tune it however you want. But um, definitely, you know, if it, if you're all at question, definitely look into it. So other than that, how's fishing been? Yeah, I mean, fishing is. Fishing has been fishing. I've also been trying to, so I, I, uh, I mean, I guess I get, I guess I can talk about this. It's, it's not a big deal, but you know, so I had some, uh, I have, I, I've been using the same type of line on all my reels for like probably 25 years. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's relatively expensive and you get to talking to people, Hey, try this, try this. And I've done this a couple times, uh, throughout my, you know, throughout these years of, you know, you know, trying to come up with another line. And, uh, I mean, I have some guys I trust with all I can, I mean, every, I mean, they fish a lot and they use the line. I'm not going to put any names out here with any of this. And, uh, I'm like, okay, I'm going to give this a run. We're going to try it. I spooled up a a reel. Casting or trolling? It's just trolling. Okay. Run a side rod. And I've been doing probably, 80% 80% casting so far this season, 20% trolling. I have not spent a lot of time trolling. But so last Monday, try, um, okay, we got to, I mean, you got to do it, right? Mm-hmm. I'm getting old, man. It's hard to change. Uh, but I'm going to give this a run. These guys have had no problems. They've been using it. They do charter trips. So I put the line on and put the, put the lure out and, uh, first day last last week like monday maybe monday or tuesday last week get a get a hit now now you got to remember like when you do it sounds crazy but (laughs) use using the same line when that fish hit i was like oh boy this is it this is the test okay okay yep yeah i got the new line on and there's a fish on we got the fish in everything worked out great i was like okay all is good Put it back in on the side rod, you know, tip it down into the water to collect the weeds. And uh, uh, rest of the day, everything's good. Next morning, I go out, cast most of the day, do a little two-hour troll at the end of the day, put it in the water at the end of the I reach over, tip the rod up, gone. The line, line broke about two, the line is broke about two feet off the tip of my rod. Well, that answers the question I was going to ask. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't the rod tip. It's the same rod that I was just, I just changed, swapped reels. And it's about two feet off the tip. I was like, I can't believe that just happened. You know, I I, I have about five, six hours trolling on this line now. And uh, talk to the people that I got the information from and they're like, man, it's never happened. I've been doing this for three years and blah, blah, blah. Okay. I'm going to give it one more ride. I didn't, I would not put a real valuable lure on there. Uh, put a few hours into it, you know, a couple hours here, a couple hours there, mostly casting yesterday down rod. I go to tip it up the reeled in gone. About two feet off the tip broke. What, so, what's happening I'm, if it's two feet off the tip? I have no idea. 
whether I mean, people are like, oh, you know, what Lord, what Lord you have on? I said, well, that should not matter because the line I just used for 30 years, that's happened to me. I don't know if it's ever happened. I don't think it's ever happened. <laughs> but but for the sake of it, it might have happened a time or two in 30 years. It might have happened. I mean, I've had my line break where I clipped it on the board. I've had my leaders fail. But you're talking about every day. Not every day, but almost every day all summer. I mean, I have much no, more than the average man, much more than the average person. And you're talking about I could count it on one hand in the last 25 years. And. It just happened two times, and I didn't have more than 20 hours. I, I didn't even probably have more than 15 hours trolling. And it's just gone. But what boggles my mind is how these guys that do it every day, or not every day, but a lot, how they haven't seen that failure. I mean, I'm not poking fun at them. I'm not poking fun at the line. But, I mean, obviously, after two lures lost, <laughs> I'm done with it. Well, I, I'm still yeah. hung up on the what's happening two feet above your because like, OK, so let, let's kind of run through it here. So it's not touching the top islet that, you know, an islet cuts line very, very easily. And you normally catch on to yeah. it about after one or two line breaks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um. OK, so reeling it in. Well, unless you're putting it two feet, then the leader, mm-hmm. which I don't think you're running your baits five foot back. So not right now. it's not right. like a knot is failing. Yeah. It's not like it's rubbing against something. You said it was an out rod. You said it was a down rod. So those are both two t- different positions. Time, yeah. But both times. No, both times it was an out rod, but I had it in the water. Okay. Okay. You know, out, out rod, but I it, had it's it still, down. it's still five feet off the side of the boat. Oh, it's five feet off the side of the boat. Easy. Because I'm, I'm, I'm running a, Nine foot rod, I think, off the side. Oh yeah, I mean, so and, it could uh, be six or seven feet off the side of the boat. Yeah, and when I tipped it up after doing the troll yesterday, I tipped it up and I was like, "Huh, that one's gone again. That's the end. I'm done." <laughs> so, <sighs> makes no sense. Both times, were you running about the same amount of line out? Yeah, like well, I don't it know, goes- thirty, thirty or forty feet. So that means you you lost a liter. Plus, and I, I don't know, I just guessed. I put words in your mouth, 30 or 40 feet. Yeah. Yep, that's where I was. The leader and probably 30 to 40 feet of line. But, I mean, I don't, I think the one, I, I you know. What, I, I remember looking when I reeled it up and it was at 36 feet. That was gone. But it wasn't at the tip. Like, I tipped it up and there was a couple feet of line sticking out. But the lure was gone because I mean you're not gonna you don't notice that when you have it in the down rod in in the water like that you know right and like you said my line has failed maybe twice on me over all these years where I look back and the planer board's just like bouncing like a mm-hmm. baby baby ball bouncing across the water and I was like oh that's not good. And the line, you know, the line, well, actually, I mean, it's happened to my leaders a couple of times, but I mean, this is not a big thing that we're concerned about here. I mean, you're talking about all season. I don't remember it happening last season, the season before, maybe it happened once. Uh, occasionally, uh, even the best equipment occasionally fails. Yeah. I mean, it, it, and, and when I started using the fluorocarbon leaders, I was finding that they were snapping like, and I read up on that 
like an inch in front of where your crimp is at the, like at your tie point. And there, the fluorocarbon is kind of weird. There is some stuff there that goes on. And uh, mostly that's what happened. You know, I reeled in and I got my line tied onto my swivel, onto the leader and about inch or two right in front of that. The leader's gone. Hmm. But, uh, you know, that's happened, but. Yep, it's, it's not. All it's not a plaguing problem. Not two times no, in in a matter of days. It's nothing I worry about. You know, I've had a snap fail before, and I'm not going to like throw all, you know, year, you know, thousands of muskies that that we've caught, and you know, thousands of hours of fishing for them. It's like, oh boy, that snap failed. I'm done with that snap. You know, but that style get, of snap, yeah. Yeah, I'm just done with it. You know, I, I don't do that. I'm like, wow, that's funny. That finally happened. Or it'd be the same as like an ice group pulling out or something. Like, well, that the thing caught me 150 muskies. I It's crazy that that pulled out right now, but it did. I'm not worried about it. I'm going to go back to my same thing. But when you try something new, when you try to go to something new and it happens, I mean, that's a complete failure to me. Absolute complete failure. So. Yeah, and, and I want to kind of talk about that snap talk a little. I I think I think every topic in musky fishing we have covered at some point in this podcast. Yeah. But um I'm I'm holding some snaps right now. And they're just like I don't want to call them the cheap snaps, but they're the the crosslock snaps. And yeah. you know, when when I make my leaders and I kind of know how Todd makes his wire leaders and stuff, that's a big thing is to have the snap replaceable. You'll know it when you change a bait when it's like, hey, it's um this yeah. thing's feeling a little weak mm-hmm. and you might get a couple more hours, you might get a couple more cash, you might get a couple more months. Yeah. But as soon as you pay attention, like the only thing that's really holding your bait to your line is your snap. If you're like, this doesn't feel as springy as I think it should. Mm-hmm. replace it it's like pennies just, yeah <laughs> because that thing that costs pennies that you'll throw under the bus could lose you an average cost of a bait of 40 bucks to hundreds of dollars yeah yeah you you might want to you know every so yeah. often run your hand down that leader or run your hand down the line and uh just make sure everything's you know oh yeah yeah, I mean, and, and we check that. I mean, I check that stuff every time I reel in. I look at all that stuff. I mean, I just, that's just what I do. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's stuff. I mean, you know, how it's working for those guys, that's the part that boggles my mind. Like, how can these guys be, you know, like running a guide business and doing this? And they've had no problems over a couple-year period, and boom. Just how quickly it happened for you. It happened to me, and yeah, it, it, I don't, I, 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 I don't understand it. <laughs> but I, I tell you what, it's out of my spread. <laughs> that one rod and the other one that I spooled, the other reel that I spooled, you know, it's not going back out. I mean, should almost give you a a cheapy bait and have you test it again. Three strikes, you're out. Well, I mean, I, and I put on, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to call it a cheapy bait, but I put on, uh, you know, I did watch it after that. I was like, wow, I'm going to give it one more shot. 
and uh, lost a pretty nice bait, but not my, uh, you know, one of my dog bone type baits. <laughs> right. It... I, I was paying attention to what I put out there. Yeah. And all you did was retie a leader on. You might have cut like a foot off the end of that where yeah, it broke. It, and... Yeah, I mean, it broke. There was nothing wrong. Looks looks fine to me. Did it did it look like clean cut or did it look frayed up? It was frayed like the the in there was like a center core in the thing. So when the first time it broke, it was like I couldn't believe it. I tipped it up as like there's no there's no there's not even a lure on here. <laughs> and I was watching that rod ten times more than the other rods, like the whole time th- this past week. I kept tipping up. Yep, it's still there. Everything looks good. Looking at the tip. Every time I reeled in, looked at more. Makes no sense. I can't explain it. I don't know. But uh, that's enough for me. Back to the old stuff that I use. Yep. Yeah. And uh... yeah, no, there's, there's lots of in there. So I had the, guy, I had the guys today. It's just an interesting story. Uh, guys today have been coming since 2011 they come from baltimore uh and that that so these guys i mean they like to cast they like to catch fish basically (laughs) but they do like to cast for them uh these were the guys that so i first got a baker lure back in 2011 at a show at uh that's the first year I think Zach actually put them on the market. That was back. You were at that show, Andy, because that's when I met you, 2011, at that high school, Butler. Okay, yeah, the Butler high, yeah, the the yeah. Butler fishing show. What was it? Yeah. Howard Wagner and uh... Howard Wagner and someone else was putting it on. And that that year, I think I think that first year that you came, I think that was uh, the club put it on, but I'm not positive. Okay. That was 2011. I reached out to Zach. I reached out to you. Reached out to some other people. Uh, oh, well, the first time I met you was at the uh, the Moraine Muskie. At, at the Moraine Muskie show. Yeah. Yeah, that was in August. Yeah, that was in August, and then that would have been that winter when you came to the uh, the other fishing show. The Butler at, two, at the Butler High School on Valentine's school. weekend. Yep, and that's when I met Zach, and I went up, met Zach, and I was like, I'd like to try a couple baits. He's like, oh, I know who you are. I just grab these baits. And uh, so this this was the guy that uh, the first time I ran the Bakers was, was uh, like June of that year, obviously, because I just picked him up 2011. And this guy, the guy that I was fishing with, the dad we got a, a great fish i mean very we'll call it a very photogenic fish it was a chautauqua special it was not 50 but it was very close and it took uh, a great photo it took a great photo and i did the same thing that i did when i met you uh andy i was like hey zach we got a nice fish on your bait uh you said you wanted some pictures. Here's a picture. And Zach was like, oh, my gosh, that's the biggest fish that's ever been caught on one of my baits, blah, 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 blah. And really, I think it started the uh, – this guy's 77 years old now. But he was like, I think – like, 
I like really that started the Baker bait craze on Chautauqua Lake because you don't know. I mean, I get other you know guys send me some baits. They say, try these baits. And I do try them. I never let them sit, but I put them up. But not like what happened. I said earlier in the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, 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 I put it out. I caught that fish on the baker. I know Zach was going to be very, he's going to be very successful no matter what with the, the paint jobs and stuff. But, you know, I, I put it out. We cut that fish. I sent him the photo and that started the whole craze of bakers because i started catching more and more and more fish then i met vance a couple years after that and got him getting some baits and you know it's just it's just really crazy how some of this stuff works out you know i don't even know if fat az would be what it was right now if the day that i i got those baits from you in august mm-hmm and we went out, and I know we've talked about this a little bit on the show, but I was just talking to somebody about it today. I said, you know, we went, it was like the third or fourth cast. The guy third took. cast. Yeah, third or fourth cast. He gets a fish, and I was the same to you. I was like, hey, got a pretty nice looking, you know, we got a, we got a fish. Well, okay, and, I, I, why uh, can't uh, I remember his name? Is Ed? It's Eric. Eric. I knew it was an E. Yeah. Okay, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, we got a, you know, we got a fish on one of your, on, on one of the baits. It worked really well. And we got one later on in the day. And you're like, I said, it wasn't a big fish or anything. And, uh, I sent you the picture and you're like, man, that's a nice looking fish, you know? And that went from there. So right. how small, you know, there, there's little winds that, that, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things like you, you look at any success story. Mm-hmm. Or even any failure. I mean, the the, the mm-hmm. failures are harder to to really map out beyond it. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, on some kind of a startup, whether you're trying to be make the high school team or you're trying to do this or start a business, there's going to be a pinch point to where you're like, I I just need my break. Yeah. And then once once that one domino falls, it's hits enough. Things change, and then it can yeah. split. And then those splits can split. The next thing you know, you have a podcast yep. going for seven years. Yep, yep. And the and the bait business. And, you know, those guys asked about that bait today. And that's the same bait that Vance told the story about. About He sent me a picture of it a couple of years ago. So this bait, the first bait I got off of Zach, catches that great-looking fish and caught a lot more. And at one point I lose it. It was a uh, leader failure. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> just a couple years ago, I'm out there fishing, Vance is out there fishing, and I get a photo. And it's Vance, I could tell it's Vance holding this bait. And I was like, oh my gosh, how did you get that? You know, we're, how'd you get that bait? And, uh, it was the, and some guy was waiting in the lake, hooked it in his boot and, you know, found the bait, put it in his tackle box, goes fishing with Vance. 
and the guy's like, oh, I've got these baits and dance opens. He's looking at, you know, guys do that often. They bring their baits with, hey, check out these baits. I was like, oh, yeah, there's, there. I use this. I use this. There's the bait. In this other guy's box, fishing with dance, he sends me a picture. It's like, I cannot even believe you found that. He's like, where where'd that happen? I said, I was near Cheney's Point. The guy was waiting off Cheney's Point. He got in his foot somehow. And the odds of that happening, odds of that happening. I mean, you, I, you, you can't even, cause that was a, that was a, an old, that, that was the first, not the first year of Baker's. I think he started in 2009. That has 11 on it. Uh, but it would sink cause I put it on a board and, uh, it was one of those deals where the, the, the leader failed. I mean, you're talking about this has happened a few times. But uh, the leader failed, and I, I went to real, and I was like, wow, I lost that bait. That's really a bummer. This guy gets in his foot, and Vance supposedly still has the bait. He hasn't given to me that little. Whatever. I was going to ask you, did you get it back? Because I, no, remember, yeah. I remember this story, but I don't remember if you ever got it. Yeah. I, wasn't on the, I wasn't on the podcast when he told the story, but he still didn't give it back to me, that sucker. But So I know I think I've told the story, and I've, I've since – forgot a lot of the details but the, the 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 point to hammer home is sometimes just the odds of like you getting hit by lightning um yeah. i have a a friend he told me this story he was waiting uh on one of these feeder streams on a local lake in the spring he he was on yeah. a hot he he kind of found a hot bite that no one goes on because you have to walk yeah. and you have to wade and uh-huh. it's it's only in the spring and he was using like like what bass guys call like a jerk bait type, yep. you know, it, it's, yep. I, I call it a crankbait, but it's, I guess yep. it's a jerk bait. Yep. Something yep. like he cast and broke the line or something like that. You know, I don't know, snagged it up something, but the line broke. And then I don't know if it was immediately after, but it was, he hadn't really moved yet from the spot, but he snagged into something and he reeled in. He snagged the bait that he had lost previously, but the hook went through the tie point of the bait. That's how he got it back. Yeah. <laughs> and you just think of like trying to thread that needle. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to do that. Yeah. I mean, there are times I can't even get my snap through the eyelet of a bait, mm. let alone mm. let's put one of these hooks through it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, we've had some fun, but that, those guys that, that, that I thought those were some neat stories there. <laughs> Yeah, so you've had those repeat clients now for like 11 years. Yeah, 2011 was the first time they came. Okay. Yep. That's they come every It's it, it's not the I mean it's not like you know, we've had years up here where it's just like, oh, what do you want to do? Cast troll. Let's just go get them, you know. <laughs> uh the last few years have not been that way. It's more of a grind, but the guys, so today they, uh, we got, uh, back to back. So they finally, they hook into one and the older brother handed it off to the younger brother. We got that fish in and then the kid stood up second. I mean, this is after hours and hours of fishing. There's, he throws it out, takes two jerks. He gets another one. So So they're casting. yeah, they're casting back to back casts, and uh, and then a couple minutes later they get another one. 
uh, so three fish in five minutes, but we fished seven hours, uh, with nothing. Yeah. The occasional follow trolling a little bit slow. I mean, there, there's been some good days, but you know, it's a little different. Fishing is what it is. Mm-hmm. We're averaging a couple fish a day. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Well, you kind of say that like really playing it like, ah, uh, only a couple fish a day. Meanwhile, that's still like phenomenal average. I, I know that like years past work really hard for doing that, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, trolling is going to be a very much of a grind for me as I'm getting older. It's, it's hard. It's, it's just to I, keep I am, up with stuff. Uh, no, no, not, not the fishing part. Not what I got to do in the boat. It's the, the time, you know, the, the, the eight, you know, the days that I got to troll all day, I'm okay. getting extremely bored with it, <laughs> you know, to get a bite here and there. And Sounds like fishing. you need to like spice it up, like go kite fishing or something. I don't, yeah. 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 That, that's getting a little tough on me. <laughs> it's like, okay, let's troll for eight hours. And let's try to catch two fish. Wow. Uh, it but happens. It is. That's it. Yep, it happens. But sometimes that's what you got to do, I guess. Got to do. Yeah. Long days. Not near as exciting as it used to be. When the rod goes off, now I'm like, oh, finally, you bastard! <laughs> <laughs> You're getting codgery. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. Other than that, you know, it's it seems like uh you know, seasons seasons average for you guys. Yep. I, I can't tell you like it, it's been weird. I, I wanna try to get back on my river. And based how this spring went, yeah, we had a lot of rain early on, but then it kind of things settled out real nice and I'm like, man, that water's looking pretty good. You know, I drive by it every so often and I'm like I, this is pretty. I might want to try go and see what I've been missing the last six years now. Six years, yeah. And yeah. Uh, you know, I haven't got the new boat on the and thing. And then we get like five inches of rain. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna wait this one out. Oh, it's starting to get. Then we get three inches of rain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, oh yeah, it, man, that that stuff that where you're fishing. I mean, that that it's so it's all conditions. Yes. All conditions. That's what makes the river so hard. That's why I've caught a lot of really nice fish in my local streams. Because I lived there. I was single a long time, and I would pick the day. It's like, not tonight, but tomorrow. The rain's coming the next day. you got to have that freedom to be able to do it. Because when the conditions are right. You can come out like looking like a hero. Yeah catch fish like i can take you down to my little local stream and i'm going to catch i'm going to have action Mm -hmm. conditions aren't right we're probably not going to get anything (laughs) yeah and and it's you can kind of predict it but you also yeah but you got to have the avail you got to be available to do it when the time is right that's right yeah, and that, and that, and that's the big thing. And these, these, the you know, the lake fishing is not like that. Like they're 
wherever they are. I mean, we had that little flurry today and I've fished through that spot a thousand times and it was just a flurry. I could probably go down there and do that all day tomorrow and maybe not see a fish. It was just timing. And those fish just have to be laying there. Not necessarily yeah. lay there. They're just kind of doing the fish do. They might sit for a while. They might kick the tail a few times. Who knows? It could have been at very bottom of the lake in the middle and just, oh, it's time to move in. Yep. Yep. They move in and do their thing. And there's no doubt you create your own little frenzies often. You know, uh, that fish hits. It's jumping around and all this. We already got an algae bloom going on. Uh, it's jumping around, splashing, running, drag, and that's why you stand up and you get those couple fish right. You know, it just excites the other ones. No doubt that that happens when you're trolling or casting. Now, do you feel that, you know, because I remember the old timers, you know, I've, I, when I say I remember the old timers, I remember reading about the old time guides would take their boat paddles and smack the water to get the fish excited. Yeah. Do you think that you can kind of ignite that with baits or do you think it's, you know, you got to just get the one to go when they want to go. And then you just, it, it kind of oh, like I'm, self-feeding. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I've, I've never tried that with the paddles and stuff, but there is, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's no doubt trolling and casting that you ignite those fish. I mean, you think of the, think of the fish tank. Mm-hmm. Everybody's at a fish tank at one time or another. You throw a little, all those fish are just doing what they're doing. You throw a little food in, one comes up. Once the one comes up, then they all come up. You mm-hmm. know, feed fish off the dock. You know, there's a bunch of fish sitting there in the dock. Throw a little piece of bread in, nothing. Throw another piece. Finally, one of those little bluegills come up. Then they all come up. It happens to us all the time in muskie fishing. You know, you cast for hours. All of a sudden, that one fish does grab the bait and like I said, splashing, jumping, all that, all the commotion. Then it's like, bam, bam, another fish, another fish. You see them trolling same way, trolling for hours. I mean, there's, there's a lot of days I'll have a six fish day trolling and I did it for nine hours, but I can look back and say, you know, five of those fish came in 45 minutes mm-hmm. and they were all in but like I catch a fish, you turn the boat around, you go back through, boom, you get another one. You get another. I think, you just, I mean, those fish are down there. You just create your own little frenzies and it happens all the time. So more or less, you just got to start the fire and then you just grind them out. I think. Yep. Yep. A lot of times you just got to get that fire started. You got to get them, get, get, you know, however, however long it takes. <laughs> You know, a lot of people call them little feeding windows and stuff, but I just think it's more like little feeding uh, frenzies that happen. You know, like like I kind of get what you're saying, but I want to kind of put it into words. Yes, there are times when the fish, something triggers them. We're going to be eating now, environmental or what have you. Oh, absolutely. But then there's also times you're like, if you can just get one to go, it's going to have yep. the other ones go and it might not be an environmental factor, whether it's, you think it's the moon or the sun or clouds or wind or anything like that. It's just that you trigger your own little frenzy where you were sitting there fishing. I mean, and there's no doubt that there are times with the moon and that sometimes that happens too. We've, we've discussed that on the podcast before where, you know, Vance and I are out there all day, all of a sudden 
nothing has happened and it's two o'clock in the afternoon and I he I'm sending a text to him and he's sending a text to me like we just got one on whatever and all of a sudden there's three four fish caught at the same exact time after all day of nothing and we might be miles apart uh i mean i watch it on i watch it on the lake as you're fishing you watch all the other boats trolling around doing their thing and and there's just times where all of a sudden you look over it's like oh you know i'm standing there holding the net getting ready to net a fish for someone i look over in the boat right beside me they got their net out and someone else has their net out and i haven't seen that all day it's just something just fires those fish hmm. you got out there to get to experience it i mean you got to just keep going can't quit can't catch them on the couch right can't catch them on the couch yeah nice anything else you want to add to it no there's just a couple stories happened to me here in the last day or two that were kind of interesting i thought you want to tell them or save them for another day no, no, I, that's what I said. Those were a couple stories. Oh, I thought you said there were. I'm like, okay. No, no, no. Nice. All right. Well, then I'm going to wrap this one up here. Um, I think next show we're going to have Greg Thomas on. It might it might be a brief brief thing, but anyways, look forward to that. Uh, big thanks to Fat AZ Muskie Products, Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, St. Croix Rods, Ranger Boats, Vicks Marine, and Aqua Traction. Uh, so with that, everybody, I know there's already been murmuring about water temperature, so I don't know. I'm going to say, uh, be smart, play it safe. Good luck. Thanks for listening.